1: Why do you think there's so much tension between religions um
0: uh, because people like control the stuff we've got going right it's just it's control people used, like to to divide. Control. Yeah. used to divide you used to divide that's exactly like, right you yeah. yeah. better believe it out the devil
2: it's a conversation with the devil, the devil. A a a- with the devil. Yeah. really the devil is. so he's basically said i'm not even real in the book he starts off saying i'm not real bob he says well how do you stay relevant so he said well what, what about the church he says well they mentioned me so
0: i'm mm-hmm. relevant there too i was Are like you? Yeah. Wow! You know, discipline begins when inspiration and motivation end. Mm-hmm. Not always going to be, you're not always going to be motivated. Yeah, but did you get your ass up? You, I'm not the most talented guy in the world. I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. I'm not the best looking guy in the world. But you're not going to outwork me.
1: Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne
2: Lewis. What up, what up? I'm back from vacation, y'all. Oh, <laughs> and
1: our guest today, Ken
2: Joslin. How's
1: it going?
0: Man, it's good, dude. What's up, fellas? Good to see going? you guys. like those those Jordan 3s right oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got me some of those. Yeah, of course. Former
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. pastor. Yeah. What, yeah. Was that what was that
0: life like? Man, loved it, dude. Um, I, people ask me all the time. Brad Lee's a good friend. Brad, the first question he asked me on Dropping Bombs was, do you miss ministry? Do you miss pastoring? Mm-hmm. And I tell him all the time, man, I, I pastor more people now um, very high level people in my mastermind and my conferences that mm. would never step foot in my church. Mm. I'm having a blast dude. It's fun. Yeah. It's, 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 not any different what I do now than I did then. Interesting. Uh, so
1: you're still religious, but you just do it in different ways. Well, I,
0: I wouldn't call it religious. Um, when you talk about, it's funny because when people talk about religion, it's like the difference between religion and Christianity, it, there's a huge difference. So religion is a man-made set of rules that mm. says if you do A, B, C, and D, you and God are okay. Mm. Like it's, it's funny, at my Korea conference in Atlanta and I'm the one in Dallas. A lot of people we, are going to hate that. Well, well they, they will, but, the, they people, but the people that understand it will yeah, get it. For sure. So I when you understand. when you walked in my conference, I've got these giant two-foot by four-foot floor stickers yeah. all over my conference. The very first two when you walk in the door, a quote I talk about all the time. God's love for you is a predicate on your performance mm. He loves you because he created you as a son or a daughter absolutely and I mean, you're walking into an entrepreneur conference and that's what I got on the floor because the reality of it is religion says if you jump through these hoops and you do enough right you and God are okay right mm-hmm. the gospel the, the word gospel means good news mm. it's when you understand what Jesus did for you you say man you love me enough to give your life for me then what happens is because the religion says if I change on the outside there'll be change on the inside come second. The gospel is when you understand and you're enlightened to what Jesus did for you and that he sacrificed his life for me and you understand that and that really is is comes alive in your heart. What happens is the outside behavior then begins to change right. because you want to change. It's not I'm told I have to change. And that's really the difference between religion and, and what I would say relationship with Christ. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. People will argue that all the time. Like, you know, they just
2: they want you to believe what they believe. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's religion. That's yeah. that's why you get these, you know, it's, I think it's created for separation in a lot of different ways. But what you're saying is right. I'm more spiritual. Yeah. So I yeah.
0: understand. Yeah, know. it is. It really is. I think it's just, listen, everybody, we've got our core five inside of GSD is faith, health, relationship, business, mm-hmm. and finances. And I tell people all the time, like, I just want you to exercise your faith. What does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. My best friend's Persian. He lives in Calabasas. Forbes magazine calls him the Tony Robbins of Persian. So he was on my stage at Create this year. I put my hand on him and I said, you know, I put my hand on his shoulder. And I had him, Gary Brackett. You guys have had Gary on on the show, Vic Keller, Brent Gove, a lot of really good friends of mine. And I had my 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 hand on his shoulder and I said, listen, I don't care what faith you are, I just want you to exercise your faith. Mm-hmm. And boy, I took some heat, man. Mm-hmm. My YouTube channel, man, guy, they were blasting me, mm-hmm. calling me heretic, all kinds of stuff. But really, the reality of it is, was I'm like, just, if you spend time with me, and you're with me, and you see my, because my faith is real it's not i just i don't tell you what to do let me live my life you watch how i love god you watch how i live according to the purpose right. that i put in my life and you're gonna want you're gonna ask questions
1: yeah why do you think there's so much tension between religions
0: um uh, because people like control mm. people okay. like control i mean everything we saw from covid to the government to the stuff we've got going right it's just it's control people like used to, to, to divide, divide
2: used yeah. to divide that's exactly say. right yeah. you better
0: believe it you bet i mean i i grew up in inner oh man we may get we may get yeah. in like straight politics right here um <laughs> i grew up in the inner city in in pontiac michigan dad worked for, yeah. for general motors i grew up in the hood um you know i have a lot my daughter's married to a black guy mm-hmm. um i got a lot of a lot of my friends are african-american and when you see i think when you see and you you take a step back and you get a different perspective
3: shout out to today's sponsor hello fresh america's number one meal kit They do all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with step-by-step recipe cards that are pictured. I used to suck at cooking, but HelloFresh makes it very easy to cook. They also save you money. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. If you order food a lot or you grocery shop a lot, HelloFresh is there to save you money and time. I value my time a lot. That's why I'm a fan of HelloFresh. I cook it with my fiance every week. Our favorite meals are the chicken orzo, the salsa verde enchiladas, and they got so many more options for you guys. Check out their site. Let me know your favorite recipes in the comments below. If you want America's number one meal kit, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DSH for 50% off and free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50DSH and use code 50DSH for 50% off plus free shipping. Let me know what you guys order in the comments below. Can't wait to see it. Peace.
0: And you see how our government, I don't care, left, right, whatever you call it. I did a, I did a conversation at my conference two years ago with Hugh Jackson. Hugh's mm-hmm. a dear friend. Uh, one of 14 African-American coaches in the NFL, yeah. um, Raiders and the Browns. Now he's at Grambling. So I go and speak to his team every mm. year. I did last year before they played Dion and got waxed. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think I got an invite back in this year. But Q and I were sitting, I was doing Q&A with him right behind John Maxwell. And I said, I said, Coach, I said, we're really good friends. I said, I'm a 53-year-old white conservative former passer. Mm. What do I need to hear from you that, that I don't know? Mm-hmm. Dude, you could have heard a pin drop it. And we just had a real honest conversation about it, about what it looks like with race in America and division and the things that, yeah. that that we need to hear.
1: Wow. Yeah. I want to get into Grow Stack Drive. What exactly yeah. is that? Uh, when did you start it, and how did you grow it to be such a big? Yeah, company?
0: dude. I met this crazy five foot five little bitty dude named Grant Cardone in <laughs> October of 2019. Right. And um, I met Grant. I went down to I went down to his boot camp, and I uh, went to hopped on this webinar on a Saturday, and he was going to he's talking about. Coaching and mentorship and stuff like that. And I didn't know who Grant was. I had no idea. I I clicked an Instagram ad. Yeah. Dude, you click an Instagram ad on Grant, you're screwed. (laughs) Because you're you're like Alice in Wonderland, dude. You're in the rabbit hole forever, right? Yeah. So I went down and I had an impromptu meeting. I met Grant 101. And um, he said, Ken, why are you here? I said, dude, I want to blow the lid off my mindset of what's a lot of money. Because I want to help pastors equip their business guys in their church so they don't struggle financially. Hmm. And he goes to, Kenneth if you'll let me, I'll help you. We've been friends and a mentor for three years. And so right after that, I became one of Grant's first licensees. And I started GSD. And it was just really a passion to be able to coach and mentor and help high-level business people around the country.
1: Nice. Yeah. And through GSD, you went on to meet people like Jordan Peterson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Jordan, guys like Brendan Bouchard, mm-hmm. um, Gary Brecca, Grant. Yeah. Guys, Sharon Lecter. Sharon Lecter is a co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I just had Sharon on my my coaching call Wednesday night. We're actually doing a two-month series on, um, on uh, Think and Grow Rich. Wow. I had Sharon on because she actually took. A
2: two-month the, month series?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, we're doing two months. We're doing 13 mm-hmm. principles. Mm-hmm. So we're doing one or two principles every week. So I mm-hmm. had her on because she sits on the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one the Napoleon Hill family gave the yeah. manuscript for Outwitting the Devil, which is a phenomenal book. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. have never read it. Books. I read it
2: three times. But it's insane. It's insane. Insane. Yeah. I haven't read that yeah. one. Oh, my goodness. What's so it good. called? Out with the devil. And the devil. He's it's having a, con- a full a- conversation with the devil. Yeah, really? The devil is telling him exactly what he does. He tells you he's not real. He's a figment of your imagination, but he's everything negative. Mm. His opposition, which he calls God, um, says he's positive. So he's basically said, I'm not even real. In the book, he starts off saying, I'm not real. Bob. Wow. He says, well, how do you stay relevant? Said, well, he said, well, what, what about the church? He says, well, they mentioned me, so I'm mm. relevant there, too. I was Are like... You?
0: Wow! Yeah. Wow! The <laughs> book is the book is crazy. So they actually gave the family sixty years, seventy years after because mm-hmm. they didn't want to publish it. The yeah. wife, the wife was like, "No, we don't want this out there because it, really? was, it was that controversial." Yeah. So they finally gave Sharon the manuscript, and it was the original typed manuscript with all of Napoleon's handwritten notes mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. They gave it to Sharon. She went to her place in San Diego. She just shared a story with me on Wednesday night.
2: Probably one of the creepiest books I've
0: I've read. Put it it on Audible. Bro. Yeah, creepy. Ooh. Creepy. Devil's <laughs> voice is like. It's like, creepy it's, it's, it's crazy creepy. But it's, wow yeah so anyway just get, yeah i just get an opportunity to meet some yeah. amazing amazing people man. yeah
1: and how do you keep these people in your network what what kind of value are you providing them to keep them yeah, so,
0: so this is one of the things i love to talk about people mm-hmm. ask me all the time they say ken how do you get the friends you get yeah. i mean i get to spend time with some amazing people and great leaders want something for people not from people mm-hmm. and i'm telling you when you approach people from a standpoint of sean i don't want something from you I don't want either. What can I do to help you? Mm. How can I help you? What? How can I add value to your life? A year ago, a year and a half ago, I finished my first Create conference in Atlanta. Jesse Itzler, John Maxwell, Gary Brecker was there. My mm. good friend Brent Gove, one of the top guys at the EXP Realty. And um, I had a list of five guys, Randy Garn, New York Times, bestselling author right. on the board with Tony Robbins, one of my best friends. And um, I called, I had five guys and I called each of them. And I said, here's what I want to do. My word for this year is intentionality. Mm. So the year and a half ago. And I said, I want to invest in our relationship. Mm. And I said, I want to take our friendship to the next level. I'm willing to invest three things, my time, my talent and my treasure Mm. into our relationship, my time. I'm going to fly where you live. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to put it on and I'm busy. I'm going to put it on my calendar. Did I've been to Salt Lake City to see Randy half a dozen times in the last year and a half. I've been to Calabasas in LA to spend time with Jeff. I was just there three weeks ago for a week. Wow. I've been to Gary Breck is in Miami several times. Brent and Kathy live in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. I've been to Puerto Rico. Um, Dick Keller lives in Dallas. and he has got a place in Whitefish, Montana. I've been to both. Wow. Uh, Brian Covey's a senior vice president of a Revolution Mortgage in Nashville. I was there two week, three weeks ago. Yeah. So I spend time with these guys. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna calendar time to spend time with you. Talent, this is the important thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is what people miss when you talk about high level relationships. I'm going to use my talent to help your dreams come to pass. Mm. Who do you need to know? How can I help you, Sean? Like, how can I help How can I help your podcast grow? Mm. Who do you need? I even told you on a text message. You need Vic Keller? You want Vic Keller on your podcast? Dude sold 11 companies to Buffett for mm. like a gazillion dollars. Yeah. Like legit. Yeah. Like all my friends and relationships, I have those relationships. I'm just a conduit. Mm. And I understand that. So time, talent, I'm going to use my talent and my relationship to help your dreams come to pass. Mm. And then my treasure. If you're doing an event, I'm spending money. When Brent did his build event, does it every year. Tony Robbins comes in, Dean Graziosi, I'm there. Gary Breck is there. His front row seat's like four or five grand, whatever. As soon as going to sell, I buy one. Oh, you buy your own friend's tickets? You better believe I do. I don't ever ask for a discount. Well, wow. I, I buy, because I'm going to invest my treasure into he what you do. You said why. No, I said wow, because yeah, like most wow. most people I feel no. like would just show up and yeah, don't do it. Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. I, how, if I'm your friend and I want you to win, how in the world am I going to not invest in what you're doing? Mm. I mean, you're going to ask a stranger to invest. I don't I don't ask anybody to invest in my stuff. Yeah. But if I'm going to do your stuff, I'm on a call. It's me, Gary Brecca, Dr. T, one of the top NLPs, and Dr. Rob Kelly. He's out of San Antonio. He's the number one addiction specialist doctor in the world. 97% success rate with the clients he takes on. Whoa. Dude, when you look at his, it's all A-listers. His Zoom shot of his A-listers are like Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell Wonder Woman, James Madison. I mean, all these Hollywood stars, Steven Tyler. Um, it's it's just it, if you, when you see him, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. I'm on a zoom call with all these guys one day and I'm in, all I'm doing is introducing them. I'm introducing all four of them together because they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like you guys need to know each other. Mm-hmm. And Gary, I said, Gary, you speaking at GrowthCon? He gets pumped. This was about a year and a half ago. He, he, he gets so fired up. He's like, dude, man, I'm speaking on Friday. Grant gave me 90 minutes. Are you going to be there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you better believe man What's the date? Mm-hmm. I look at my calendar and I'm like, I got front row I got front row tickets to go see Eric Church in Birmingham. They cost me a thousand bucks a piece. Gary Gary, I'll be there. I put them, I sold them, I think I lost a thousand bucks. I picked up the phone, I called Jim Morales, who was Grant CFO, and I said, Hey, I need a ten thousand dollar diamond seat to sit on the front row. Mm. Not only did I sell my tickets, but I paid 10 grand to sit on the front row. So when Gary came down the the runway for the very first time, I'm standing there right on the front row. And he beeline to me when he saw me and hugged my name right before he gets up on stage Wow! and was one of the most impactful talks I've heard at GrowthCon in the last three or four years. Wow! So time, talent, and treasure. Like when you do those things and you want something for them, not from them, Mm -hmm. dude, you start attracting what I call champions. Like Mm -hmm. that, that really is the motto of everything we do. Our conference in Dallas, we gather champions. Mm -hmm. We have some of the most amazing human beings in that room and on that stage Mm -hmm. that you're ever going to want to be around. A lot of my guys, Carlos Reyes, I don't know if you guys know Carlos or not. Yeah. Dear friend, dude brought his whole family to Atlanta. I'm wow. like, dude, let me take let me pay you. Nope. Let me take care of your travel. Nope. I love you, dude. I'm gonna support you. Anthony Trucks, Trucks speaks on everybody's stages. Mm. Thirty to hundred grand a pop. Dude, just take care of my plane ticket. I'm like, dude, you sure? He goes, yeah, man. I love you. I want to support you. I'm like, mm. okay. And these guys know if they need me, You're I'm gonna there. be there. Dude, I'm there. Hang whatever they need. I'm wow. buying.
1: Cause a lot of your speakers would normally charge hundred K to just oh, talk. Yeah. But you're it's, getting them just off relationships.
2: Yeah, most most of them are off relationships. Well, yeah, they say the most powerful thing
0: is relationships, not money. Mm. It's uh, yeah. proximity yeah. is a cheat code, right? I'm right. telling you, it, it, when you and again, it's wanting something for them. Mm-hmm. So all throughout the year, I'm like, dude, how can I? This morning, I'm texting and connecting people. I'm texting and connecting. Mm-hmm. I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met you through Gary and Sage. Right. I mean, I'm I'm like, who who does he need to know? Who does he need to have mm-hmm. on? Who could help him? Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm constantly thinking that way. Wow. And you want to you want to circle all the way back to our conversation about Jesus earlier. That's what he did. Because, man, I'm just here to connect you with my father. Mm. I'm here to connect you with the people you mm. need to know so you can become the best version of yourself.
2: Incredible. Imagine if everybody thought like that. World would be, you know how many friends would yeah. actually be? It would be just so many groups of powerful people Yeah, because they all help one another. But we just society hasn't painted that picture
0: for a lot of us. You know what I'm mm. saying? Let me let me tell you, Vic Keller, the guy I yeah. told you about earlier, Vic's become a dear friend. Mm. My, one of my really good friends is a CMO. He owns 17 companies now. Mm. Um, chairs, like, I think, nine of them. And one of my best friends like, hey, you need to have a call with Vic. Mm-hmm. So in August, I had a 15-minute scheduled call with Vic. Dude, we hit it off. It was an hour and 27-minute conversation.
3: Mm.
0: This guy's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. The last 15 minutes of the call, he asked me six times, Ken, what can I do for you? I said, Vic, I don't need anything from you. I said, he asked me, dude, I want to help you. I love <laughs> your mission. I love your vision. I love what you're doing. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. I said, dude, Vic, I don't need anything from you. Mm-hmm. The sixth time he asked me, six times, I said, I'll tell you what you can do. I said, November the first to the fifth, I got my mastermind in Scottsdale. I said, fly in and speak for a day. Hang out. Randy Garner's gonna be there. Gary Brackett's gonna be there. We had Dana White come in on a Zoom call with wow. Gary that day and speak to her and speak to our master. So, I said I said, just come hang out, is what he said. He goes, I'll give you one day. I said, okay. So Monday night, the 31st, it was Halloween. Everybody came and we did dinner. We started on Tuesday afternoon. Well, Vic flew in on his jet from Omaha. He had lunch or had dinner on Sunday afternoon with Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. So he comes in. He comes in on Tuesday. He gets ready to speak, and he goes, hey, Ken, I need your videographers to turn the cameras off. I said, sure. I said, turn your cameras off. He goes, I need everybody to place your phone face down on the table. I'm going to, he goes, I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes telling you what I've learned from Warren Buffett over the last eight years. Could have heard a pin drop in the room. Wow. Vic stayed all three days. He's mm. at every one of my events. I talked to him two or three days a week. And anytime I have a business thing that I need, that I need um, wisdom on or help on, I pick the phone up and I call Vic. Who else is going to be able to help me like that? Wow. And he showed up because I just was constantly like, dude, I, mm. I don't need anything. Mm. Who do you need to know? Mm. Who do I know that you need to connect with? And that's, um, that wanting something for people, not from people, guys, I'm telling you, if you live your life that way, you're like a magnet for amazing people who want to be around. you. Mm. It's powerful.
2: What do you feel like the main problem is now with like to today's society and culture when it comes to that, are we not catering enough to want to one another
0: or are we not just (laughs) good friends? Mm. Yeah. So I, so I've got four daughters, Mm. my 27 year old daughter. Um, when she was, when my daughters were in kindergarten, mm-hmm. I used to, I used to, every day I dropped them off owned my mortgage company back in the mid-2000s right. for about six, seven years. I'd drop them off at school and i said, say, hey, listen, baby, we're a servant leader. Our, our family, we're servant leaders. Servant leaders do three things. Mm-hmm. We put other people's needs before our own. Mm-hmm. We do things right the first time and we do things without being asked. Every day when I dropped my kids off for school, they would tell me what a servant leader was. Mm-hmm. And then when I picked them up from school, they would give me an example of wow. how they were a servant leader that day. Daddy, we came in from recess. It was hot. Johnny wanted water. I let him go in front of me. Miss Green's trash, and you'd be taking that. Day. She didn't ask. I just took it out. I'm like, mm. okay, awesome. mm-hmm. My daughter goes to college in Birmingham. She works at a brand new Chick Fil A. The owner operator has two Chick Fil A stores. She just keeps getting promoted, 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 promoted. The owner operator comes in. He's like, "You're like 19 years old. How are you getting all this team?" She was like the front end kitchen manager. Or whatever. <laughs> How do you get all these people to do what you ask them to do? And she goes, "It's super simple." I practiced the three characteristics of a servant leader my dad taught me since I was in kindergarten. She sent me a picture from her iPhone. He had her right, you know, in the kitchen on the, or in the front on the uh, Chick-fil-A's where they have the little stainless steel where they yeah, slide yeah. the fries and the nuggets yeah, yeah, down, yeah, yeah. was written three characteristics of a servant leader. Mm. And so I, I think the biggest thing is in our culture, man, where we're lacking. If we would develop people who have an attitude and the heart to mm. serve other people, yeah, but when you add value and you serve people, people want to be in relationship with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You can either be transactional or you can be relational. Mm-hmm. And if you're relational, I tell people that you're going to make more money than you know what to do with.
2: Right. And what's your
0: definition of transactional? It's it's just it's I'm I'm with you or I'm with you just so I can build my brand or I can get a check mm-hmm. or or it equates mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. what's what what my bank account looks like. Gotcha. And when you're relational and you really care for people and you want something for them mm-hmm. not from them. You lay your head down on the pillow at nighttime, and you guys get this. I can tell. I can tell you get this. Yeah. Like there's a level of fulfillment you get to live at. I don't care how many commas you got in your bank account. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of wealthy people who are freaking miserable. Really. And I know a lot of po- I know a lot of guys who are not poor, but but have decent money, mm-hmm. who live at such a high level of fulfillment mm-hmm. because they know they're making a difference in the lives of people God sent to them. And why do you wow. think those people are miserable with the so our core five, faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys who focus on the business and the finances, but their faith, health, and relationships are a mess. Mm. And the reality of it is, is, is we're created. We're the only beings created with a spirit. Mm. We're flesh, soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, mm-hmm. and our spirit, man. Mm-hmm. We're, the only, we're the only animal, the only creature that has a spirit because God created us in, him, in his image. Right. And we're created and designed to serve people. We're created and designed to love and be and be unselfish. Mm-hmm. And when you live a life that way, and you really do want something for people, not from people, you you don't live for the the dollar. You don't live to get wealthy or get, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with those things, but you really do live to serve people. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, especially when you're doing stuff like, I've got a real estate team and stuff like that. When you do real estate or any kind of service-based industry, and you take care and you serve people, people are gonna do business with you, right? because of who you are.
1: right. Yeah. Now, there's this notion on social media that billionaires are selfish, that people like Elon and Mark could save world hunger if they wanted to. You hang around with a lot of billionaires. Yeah. What has your experience been like with them?
0: Man, they're they're some of the most generous people that I know. I mean, <laughs> the, the ones that I know that they're – I mean, Vic sits on the board of Acts 29. Um, I it's mean, crazy how I'm, the perception
2: of billionaires
0: and what he actually yeah, yeah. experienced is totally mm. different. I mean, in, 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 I, I'm sure you can find some that are not. Why? Well, because I, mean, I, I
2: think that people just – their problem is they want them to do what they want them to do. Right. Mm.
0: So. Well, the problem is, yeah. is most people that say, most people that say other people aren't generous are really, I, I call it the fat girl syndrome. It's like <laughs> two girls in high school when they're fighting, they're both fat. Yeah. The first one to call the other person fat wins because mm. it gets the attention off of them that they're fat too. Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's like when people accuse you of doing something, the reason they accuse you is, is because they're not generous either. Yeah. They're projecting. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because they don't want you to look at them and go, yeah. You're not generous either. Right. And I, I'm sure you can find people that aren't generous. And they're not feeding the homeless either. Yeah. I I just yeah. don't. I mean, my, my best friend Jeff is working with Tony Robbins on his billion meal mandate or whatever. We've got Him and Randy mm-hmm. Garn both are working on that. Wow, Tony, billion, I think meals? Jeff just did I think That's it's a brilliant. billion meals. Jeez. Jeff just, just bought four hundred thousand meals for Tony. <laughs> Honored him. I did a big event they did um in New York City, I don't know, mm-hmm. about four or five months ago. It's amazing. Um, so I mean I've got guys, man, that are really they're really, they really have a heart to serve mm. and help people. Mm. Yeah.
1: Who are some guys you met that just completely
0: changed your life? Like your perspective? Um, you know, Grant, and there's some things with Grant that I don't agree with. Obviously, you know, we're, but dude, he, uh, I've had several one-on-one conversations with Grant and he's always been gracious to me. Mm. He's given me a platform, pulled me in on Instagram lives. I spoke down at 10x two or three times to the team. Um, he's been, he's been phenomenal for mm. me. Uh, Vic Keller is one of those guys. Randy Garn, Gary Breck—I was on the Fat Joe's on the phone. Mm-hmm. With Gary say this morning, "I've lost 82 pounds in three years." well Gary's been a huge—he's been hugely instrumental in that. Wow. Um, you know, my my best friend Jeff. I mean, when you get around Brent Gove, he's one of the top guys at the XP. Twenty-nine thousand agents in his downline. One point two million a month in residual income. Gosh. I mean, when you get around these guys and these guys, I tell people all the time, this is what's different about what we're doing in our, in our, in a, I call it a movement at our conference and in our mastermind is like they're amazing entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. but they're even more amazing human beings. Like they are amazing human beings. And I think being around the guys that I get to be around that are at that level and then seeing, I just sent, I just sent a voice text to all, I've got six people on my text thread Gary Brecca, Randy Garn, Vic Keller. Brian Covey, Master Jeff, and and Brinko. Those are the six thousand. my I sent a text this morning, and I just 30, 45 seconds on what I loved about every single one of them. Wow. And I'm like, dude, I love you guys. Mm -hmm. Like Gary Brecker, this is what I love about you. uh, Randy Garn, this is what I love about you. Mm -hmm. And I just went through that. Dude, the text messages after that of us firing back, it's Proverbs 27, 17, Mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. Dude, we're constantly sharpening each other. Mm -hmm. My best friend Jeff went to his house at the beginning of the year, and he goes, what's your goal this year? I said, dude, I want to make a million bucks. He leaned across. We're sitting in his backyard of Calabasas. I mean, he lives right across the street from one of the Kardashians, right? Mm-hmm. He leans across at his pool, and he puts his hand on my knee. He goes, a month or a week? <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I love that. <laughs> I said, no, 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 dude, you don't understand. <laughs> I said, we should do about $5.192 million in revenue. Yeah. I want to make a million dollars this year myself. Yeah. And he goes, he, leans, he puts his hand on my knee. And he goes, "A month no or, a or a week,", week. <laughs> and then it hit me. And I'm like, "I said, dude, just let me catch up to making a million dollars a year, okay. and yeah. then I'll get to the million a month." When you get around those guys, they don't let you think small. Mm-hmm. Like they force you to think and believe right. bigger than you can believe on mm-hmm. your own. Wow, it truly is iron sharpening iron.
1: I like that. Yeah. So you're big on manifestation.
0: I mean, I guess this manifestation, you work your ass off until God moves in such a way that mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. And I've got a concept that I created three years ago called incremental, not monumental. Mm-hmm. My weight loss journey and my business journey, small daily disciplined decisions over time, always equal monumental results. Mm-hmm. Success can't escape you when you do the right things every single day. Every single day. And it's, dude, it's, you got to do the things. We're on a call, it's funny. Mm-hmm. We're on a uh, mentorship call with Grant. There's 1,200 people in the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And, um. Grant and Elena were on the on the call, and he goes, "I'm gonna give you guys homework. I want you to ask five people this week to describe you in one sentence or less."
2: Mm.
0: I text Grant and Jared. I said, "Hey, I got a question." Grant Grant calls me preacher. He goes, "What you got, preacher?" Mm. I said, "Hey, G, this guy named Grant Cardone gave me some homework. I'm supposed to ask five people to describe me in one sentence. Mm. Since you and Elena are right there sitting side by side, can you guys be my first two people?" <laughs> and he just laughs. Right? Grant laughs, and he goes, "He thinks for a second. And he looks at me. He goes, did you always show up.'" Mm. Every time I look up, there you are on social media. You're doing your own events. You're sitting in the front row of my events. Mm. I'm on Instagram Live. There you are. Like Every time I look up, you're there every single day. And it literally is putting in the work when you don't feel like putting in the work. Mm. I was just texting Ben Newman. He's a huge, phenomenal, um, like a sports psychologist coach. He was been with uh, Nick Saban in Alabama for five years. And um, and I text Ben. I one of the things I comment. I said, you know, discipline begins when inspiration and motivation end. Mm. You're not always going to be, you're not always going to be motivated. Yeah. But did you get your ass up? You, I'm not the most talented guy in the world. I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. I'm not the best looking guy in the world. But you're not going to outwork me. Right. You're not going to get up every single day at 4 a.m. like I'm going to, and get in the gym and do the things that I do every single day. Mm. And over time. I heard I heard somebody say this several years ago. We always overestimate what we can do in the short term, right? And we underestimate what we can do in the long term. It's a marathon, man. It's not a sprint.
2: Well, because people okay. want instant gratification, they want it. That's like, society. That, That's a society. Yeah, they in. want it because we're Instagram sh- exposes you to so much impact. It's so mm-hmm. like right now, you can have this right now, right now, right yeah. now. So we're chasing that like the now versus, like you said, the long term incre- incremental successes and the micro successes. People. Want to focus on the macro bad and it's hard to make a million
0: dollars if you never made a hundred thousand before right. they don't understand that
2: mm. you hear but when them? you so get I want the to make a million.
0: guys that are making more than a mm. million dollars a year all of a sudden you go yeah man this is possible yeah man we can do this mm. like i i could because you look at guys and you're like and one of the things vic told us about about warren buffett that first day and he had dinner he calls him mr b he goes he puts he's a man just like i am mm. he puts his pants on just like i do mm-hmm. but he's been doing the same thing Every single day, seven days a week, since he was 17 years old. Yep. So he's been doing it for 75 years. Mm. That compound interest over time, over time, over time, over time. It's overnight. nuts.
1: It's just. I dude, think he's been getting 20% a year for 50 years it's straight. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, do the numbers on that, bro. That yeah, compound interest. Returns are crazy.
0: Yeah. That's
1: um, have you had any rock bottom
0: moments or have you always been just. Man, no, dude. Grinding? I uh, ended a 27 year marriage like, about a year and a half ago, four daughters. Um, How was that? Hardest moment in my life. I mean, wow. I pastored for 15 years. Yeah. man. Um, hardest moment in my life. Um, I mean, I, I remember it was March of last year. Mm-hmm. It was about a year and a half. I walked out of mediation on Friday. Um, I was in mediation with my attorney, and the mediating attorney came in, and she mm-hmm. goes, she looked at me. She's like a 65-year-old grandma, kind of like attorney that don't put up a no, right? Mm-hmm. And she just kind of grabs my hand. She goes, tell me what happened. I just lost it. I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, what? I've been separated at that time for over two years. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing this and uh, I signed the, all the stuff that day and she goes your divorce will be final on Monday and I walked outside and I called Jeff my best friend in Calabasas I mm-hmm. said, dude man I'm struggling He goes I'm gonna send you a plane ticket fly out here mm-hmm. and I flew to Calabasas and I spent nine days at Jeff's house and the first five or six days he would not let me talk about business He goes we're not talking business He goes I just I just want you to be mm-hmm. here and get and get healed and I and I it, I, it started me on a journey. Uh, just a healing journey for me personally mm-hmm. for the last year and a half. And it's mm-hmm. been an it's been an unbelievable ride for me. Mm-hmm. My daughter's just really strengthening those relationships. Yeah. So it's not always it's not always good life. Mm-hmm. Life can be hard. And that's mm-hmm. why those relationships so are important.
2: question now. Yeah, is healing and accepting the same thing? Because I feel like. I mean, I may be wrong, but I feel like we truly don't heal in a sense, but I feel like we learn to accept, which is totally different. from. But well, I, don't,
0: I don't think you can heal until you accept. So it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think, well, I mean, there's, I think there's things that you can do. You learn right. how to, dude, I have, I have at one time had three therapists. I have two right now. Wow. You I had two.
2: three. So you were going to see him in different I have, days. I have
0: two. I've Dr. Rob's online. Mm-hmm. He's an NLP guy. Mm-hmm. Maxine is, um, I tell people she's a mild version of Medea. Mm-hmm. She's an older 50 year old black lady who don't put up with nothing. Mm-hmm. I walk in the door. She's like, you praying the spirit this week. How you and Jesus doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're good. We're good. Miss mm-hmm. Maxine. And, um, I see her, and then Lauren is a dear friend, She speaks at all my conferences. Mm-hmm. She's one mm-hmm. of the top somatic therapists and dating and relationship coaches mm-hmm. on, on, the, on social media. She's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet with her every week, and we do somatic therapy. Mm-hmm. I walked into Maxine's office last March, right after my divorce, was final. the first time I met her, and she said, Share, tell me your story, tell me a little about you. And I said, um, born in Detroit, I was raised in Pontiac. Parents got divorced, and I was eight years old in second grade. Mm-hmm. Mom moved us to the Atlanta area. From my sixth grade year to my senior year of high school, I moved back and forth to my dad six different times. And she looked at me. She goes, why in the world would you want to move so many times? Hmm. I said, Maxine, I didn't have a choice. If I ever got in trouble, my mom would say, go pack a bag. I had 24 to 48 hours. I was on a bus, a plane, or my dad was on the way from Detroit to pick me up. She wrote in her journal. And then she looked at me and said something to me that was probably, I've had two aha moments in my life. One in August of 93 when I gave my life to Christ. I was 25 years old. And then this moment. And she asked me this question. She goes, Ken, how do you think that's affected your relationship with the women in your life who are supposed to love and protect you? Mm. And I lost it. Mm. I, I, three weeks before that, I was in San Francisco with a woman that I love very much that I was dating. Mm. We didn't even make it out of San Francisco. We had an argument. I got triggered. I made her pull the car over. I got my suitcase. I car and uh, I left. Wow. And so here was a 53-year-old mm. man living out the trauma of a 13-year-old boy, except now, you're not going to tell me to leave. I'm going to leave before you tell me to leave. Mm. And it was an eye-opening experience. And I spent 14 months really doing a lot of therapy and reading mm. The Masculine Relationship by G.S. Youngblood, The Way of the Masculine Man by mm. David Data, um, Therapy with Dr. Rob, mm. Therapy with Lauren, Therapy with Maxine. Why those, really, why those books? Just people Just people recommended them. Some of oh, my okay. therapists recommended them mm. to me. Um, and really learning how to control my central nervous system mm. to where I didn't get triggered and just react. So do you
2: feel childhood trauma? Well, I feel like I, I, I feel like it does, but your childhood trauma is kind of the mold or sets the tone of how you view life relationships, love, and anything.
0: Okay. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. It is, a
2: lot of times I had
0: no idea. Dude, I'm 53 years old. The one question I kept asking Maxine and Lauren is, how in the world have I not? I mean, it's not like I've not been to therapy. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How in the world did I not know this was there? Right. Like, and there's just moments in your life you have no idea those things are there. Mm. So at my conference this year, I mean, literally, on the at the end of Friday, I brought Lauren up. So faith, health, relationships, and the mm. relationship section. Lauren comes up, she talks about masculine, feminine, and polarity in relationship, mm. and then I come up. We grab two high top, we tip two bar stools, and I share my story just like I shared with you. Mm. 354 mm. people, not a dry eye in the place. And, wow. then I, and then i've talked about how do we know that we have unresolved mm-hmm. trauma yeah. two things number one we react versus mm-hmm. responding like when somebody says something you get triggered and go zero to 100 quick you can just feel your temperature gauge reactive on. yeah you, you react instead of respond because mm-hmm. response is okay let me sit with it let me process it let me hold space okay and then you just, you have you can have a calm conversation mm-hmm. i could not do that a year mm-hmm. ago. not even close second thing is if you can't set and keep healthy boundaries if you're in a relationship and you can't set and keep healthy boundaries there's probably some unresolved trauma that's the reason why you can't do that mm-hmm. and it just takes work it's no different dude i've lost 80 pounds mm-hmm. i was in that's a plan of fitness busting my ass this morning lifting like a fiend right. on the treadmill sweating peloton at home f45 class all the stuff gary's gary's 10x mm-hmm. health systems i'm on all that stuff. yeah it's you you have to do those things in therapies no different the do you feel like you're
2: Uh, men have less support than women when it comes to the emotional aspect. Of course they
0: do. Why is that? (laughs) Because we're supposed to be men. We're supposed to be... Yeah, but we're emotional beings too. Yeah, but it's just, again, it's it's a societal thing that says this is how you're supposed to be. And the reality of it is, dude, when I was in Irwin's Mastermind Mm -hmm. in L.A., I'm talking about high level. Joel Marion's in that room with us. It's it's a very high level room. And I'm sitting there and there was a couple guys and they just broke down. Mm. I'm talking about very wealthy guys mm. dealing with father issues dealing with anger issues from people who had betrayed them and i'm just watching this dynamic in this room mm. and even in my own mastermind i'm watching this dynamic of people being free to really drop the curtain and go hey dude here's what's going on in the inside mm. and if it, i heard craig rocelli he pastors probably one of the largest churches life church in oklahoma sure. They've got hundreds of campuses I heard Craig Michelle say this 15 years ago at a pastor's dinner. There a dozen of us there. He said, guys, you're only as sick as your secrets. You're only Whoa. as sick as your secrets. Somebody should know what's going on in your life. Not everybody, but one or two guys, and I have one or two guys. Out of that six, my best friend Jeff knows what's going on in my life. He knows, Vic Keller knows what's going on in my life. Wow. There is nothing I keep from those guys. Right? Absolutely nothing. They know everything about me. So it's important to have at least one person that you could
2: just vent to. Dude, here's, who, here's who I am. non judgment zone. You that's exactly right. That. That. you yeah. need that. I mean, they, they, you got to call them crying and they just listen. Like but, that's what I do. said,
0: I said this on my stage at Create. These guys, I had all of them lined up. Mm-hmm. I said these guys love me for me. They don't love me for the impact I make. Yeah. They don't love me for the stages I have or the mastermind. They love me. They love Ken. They mm-hmm. don't love Ken because he runs GSD or runs a mastermind or hangs out with Grant or does all. They, they love me because of who I am. As a human being, right, and when you can find friends or relationships like that, dude, it's a game changer, man. Absolutely, yeah. it's a game changer. But the therapy thing, mm-hmm. let me say this for some of you guys listening: the therapy thing is this. Like we tell people, like therapy has like this bad connotation, right? It does. Right. Therapy is Therapy's just like getting your oil changed in your car. You don't change your oil when your engine locks up. You change your oil every three to five thousand miles right. so your engine doesn't lock up. Right. Therapy is the exact same way. Mm. It's just preventative. Baby.
1: Preventative. That's it.
0: Definitive yeah. maintenance.
1: Ken, this has been so powerful, man. Mm-hmm. For real. It, man.
0: I'm inspired.
1: Where can people find out more about you and what are you up to?
0: At um, Ken Jostle on Instagram. Uh, that's the best place. Um, Growstackdrive.com forward slash create Dallas. We're going to be in Dallas end of July. Um, yeah, but but Instagram's the number one place.
2: Awesome. Wayne? Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at the creator. And thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in,
3: guys. See you next time. Peace.